0: Welcome to the Sunday Morning Podcast from Kingdom Faith Church in Crawley. Brilliant. Now, so, so important isn't it, at this time that uh, in the midst of all of the other voices and noise that we hear God's voice right in the middle and right in the, uh, the heart of that. Sorry, guys, bit of a technical thing. Um, can you just is like happening here. Can you just turn my mic down in the monitors or the PA or whatever it is? Uh, Because it's really distracting. Thanks, guys. Sorry, technical hitch just within our our little scenario here. Um, So brilliant. (coughs) Um, So it shows it's live and not pre-recorded. Brilliant. Great to be together on Valentine's Day. Um, Jane's wearing red today. And uh, now I always associate, everybody associates red with love. And I always love to think that red why is love connected with red because of the blood of Jesus and the love that he showed us by shedding his blood and all the things that happened through the cross and uh, and, and, always, and, and i don 't know if that 's why everybody associates love with red i don 't know, Absolutely. but i don 't know, <laughs> but uh, i don 't know maybe you Wikipedia and find out, but uh, red but, hearts yeah, red hearts, yeah, yeah but it's love, isn't it 's love isn 't it and that's god 's heart and love for us that he shed his blood gave His life for us that we may be forgiven, that we may have His life in us and that we might have a great hope in Him and a great life in Him. Now this morning we're both going to be sharing. I'm just going to try and kind of in a nutshell do a slightly bigger picture thing and then Jane's going to hone in a bit more on what does that mean for us personally this morning in terms of our response to the Lord. Now uh, we're looking at this whole kind of theme at the moment, the voice in the noise and last week we kind of went over some things in terms of yielding our life and and hearing God's voice and, and all of the different noises that are out there that are going on at this moment and how do we hear God's voice? So we looked at some really practical ways that we hear God's voice through the Word, by the Holy Spirit and how we develop and cultivate that. And we want to continue on this morning in really developing uh, to hear the voice of God in our lives amongst all of the other voices Mm. out there. Now, in order for that to happen, then we know that must be in the context of relationship with God, okay? And God is our Father. And as our Father, He wants us to hear His voice as the Father into our lives. And therefore, we want to hear the voice of the Father. And I think so many Christians all over the world, they want to hear the voice of the Father. They want to know what God is saying. And there's a lot that is being said at the moment. And I would say there's a lot being said that some of it is of God and some of it obviously isn't. Of God, And we want to cover this morning uh, the prophetic and some of what, not in detail things people are actually saying so much, but how do we in a current context with lots of stuff being said, how do we know what is God and what isn't God and how does the prophetic actually operate and how should it be operating? Everything from within a local body through to how do we, we listen to a prophetic voice on a national or international scale? What does that really look like biblically? So we're gonna look at some things and I'm gonna try in about 10 or 15 minutes to a real short synopsis of all of that to give Jane a good amount of time to, to share where we believe God wants to take that for us personally this morning as a, as a church. Now, we know that the enemy wants to bring division into the church. His his whole tactic is to steal, kill and destroy. And he wants the church to work against itself so that we're not moving together as one body, as one people, whether locally or in a network of churches or as the body of Christ across the the world. And so we know that the, the one thing that unifies us as the church in terms of how we live is the Holy Spirit. He's the spirit of truth and He leads and guides us into the truth. And so when we yield and submit our lives to the Holy Spirit together as a body, we're gonna walk together in the Spirit and by the Spirit. As we do that as the church, we're gonna do that in the Spirit and by the Spirit so that the church can be the effective witness that God has called it to be in the world today. Remember we said something last week that that the, the, the whole purpose of the church is to carry on the ministry of Jesus that He began On Earth, And so that's why we are, that's why we're here as the church, to see the ministry of Jesus continue on to see many, many lives transformed and God's kingdom come in increasing ways. Okay, so let's just try and get into this. Now, the prophetic in both the Old and the New Testament, both primarily constant, uh, uh, the purpose of the prophetic in both the Old and the New is to point us towards Jesus, to God, to Jesus. And it is to point us into a greater hunger to know Him, to live right with Him. Often the prophetic in the Old Testament uh, came through the prophets to keep the people aligned with God, to keep them walking with God in relationship with God. Sometimes the prophets had to come to bring a rebuke or to say, hey guys, come on, get back to the ways of the Lord. Because in the Old Testament, how the prophetic work is God raised up a person that he wanted then to speak to his people through. So different people, whether it's Jeremiah, Isaiah, Ezekiel, well-known prophets, uh, Elisha, Elijah, maybe some other ones that are a bit smaller that have the shorter books in the Old Testament. But what did God do? He raised prophets up to bring the word of the Lord, to bring direction to the people, to keep them to the law and to the word of God, to the ways of God, okay? But also the prophets were there to remind the people, hey, hang on, God has said this, don't go off here, there and everywhere, don't listen to all these other voices, listen to the voice of God and stay in alignment with God. And along with that, uh, what the prophet said from God was, look, if you walk in my ways, if you walk in the ways of God, you will be blessed and these things happen. But if you don't walk in the ways of God, then your enemies are going to overtake you. You'll be in fear of them and you'll end up being scattered among the nations, which is basically what ended up happening uh, to the Jewish people. But when they were blessed, the other nations were in fear of them because as a nation they were in reverence and fear of the Lord, okay? And so... What we find in the Old Testament is God raised up individuals and lots of the prophets weren't just alive individually and then another one took over, another one took over. There's a lot of crossing over through the generations and through the years where numbers of different prophets were alive at the same time. So God used several people at different moments to speak the word of the Lord to the people of Israel to keep them on track and aligned with God. That's the way the prophetic worked in the Old Testament. Now there were obviously, as we know, things like like Isaiah 53, other other uh, uh, chapters like Ezekiel 36 and 37 that talk about times to come, years ahead, generations to come, and how God was going to fulfill His plans and His purposes, okay? So there are mm-hmm. prophetic words that we know now have, like, like Isaiah 53, has been fulfilled through Jesus coming, going to the cross and everything that Isaiah 53 speaks about and the salvation that comes as mm-hmm. a result. Yeah. Uh, So there's various uh, prophetic words and chapters in the Bible that talk about what is to come. Some have been fulfilled, some have yet to be fulfilled. Now, one of the tests in the Old Testament for a prophet was what he has or that person has prophesied, did it happen? Okay, very simple test. Some of what they prophesied was in the moment, this is what God wants to do now and you will see the reality of it by it coming true or not. And so when the prophets obviously were were prophesying the word of the Lord, it happened, it took place. There were some times, in the the, the Old Testament, when prophets were not prophesying the word of the Lord. And in Jeremiah 5, verses 31, it says in there that the prophets were speaking lies to the people, the priests were doing their own thing, and the people loved it and said, continue telling us what we want to hear. So there were times in the Old Testament where many prophets were not prophesying the word of the Lord, they were prophesying what they wanted to hear and what they wanted to say to the people because the prophets themselves themselves weren't really walking with God in the way that they should have been so even some of the prophets in the Old Testament at different times that were supposed to bring the word of the Lord were not actually bringing the word of the Lord they were bringing what they wanted to hear okay this is really important because that relates to some of what is going on now today at this time now when we jump into the New Testament What we find is the way the prophetic is structured and operates and works is different from the way it works in the Old Testament, okay? God is still speaking, but how he wants the prophetic to operate and work Uh, where we are now in the times we're in is different than how it worked then in the Old Testament, okay? Now, there's a really important scripture in Joel chapter two that was prophesied and this is what it says in verse 28. I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. Notice the first line. I will pour out my spirit on all people. So that prophetic word was given in Joel, by Joel, about a time to come It was going to be post-cross, once the Holy Spirit had been sent by the Father upon the early church and then to the people of God so that they could live and be led by the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit was not just going to be on a person like it was in the Old Testament, like a prophet, to bring the word of the Lord to the people. The Holy Spirit was now going to come into any person that surrendered and gave their life to Jesus and then filled and baptized with the Holy Spirit, which means then they become a person of the Spirit, they come alive to the Holy Spirit and then the gifts of the Holy Spirit, which we're going to look at in a moment, can then operate in and through their lives, okay? So the Holy Spirit is now on the church and in the church. It's not just on a few selected people that bring the Word of the Lord to the church. The Holy Spirit is now in the people of God, okay? So how does the Holy Spirit work? How does the uh, prophetic work now? How is it structured now in a New Testament way? And and what does that look like for us now in 2021? Well, we see in Ephesians chapter four, uh, Paul describes the fivefold ministry, apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor and teacher. That fivefold gifting, those fivefold ministry gifts are there to train and equip the saints, the people for works of service to be effective in ministry. Those five offices, those positions or ministry gifts, they represent five aspects of leadership and authority in the body in the church okay and and those people are in relationship with one another there, there's an accountability okay across the fivefold ministry okay now we're going to look at a few things in acts chapters 11 13 and 15 there's three brilliant examples of how the apostolic the prophetic elders teachers and church leadership work together as team in one sense, to receive prophetic words and then how they're then released or distributed to the body of Christ. So when we come into the New Testament, God doesn't just raise up an individual now who brings the word of the Lord to everybody, okay? Uh, Like a prophet did to the people of Israel. How it worked in the New Testament, let's have a look in, in chapter 13. Uh, in Acts 13, it says that what we see here is prophets and teachers and apostles uh, gathering together, praying and fasting together in Acts 13. And it wasn't just prophets on their own. Prophets were there, okay? And then in that context, a prophet might have brought the word of the Lord in a context where they're praying and fasting together, where there's relationship, there's accountability. It's not a prophet on his own over there somewhere, not connected to anybody or anything, suddenly saying, I've got a prophetic word for the church in the nation or for the church in the nations. No, a prophet was in relationship under apostolic authority, okay, in relationship with apostles and other teachers and elders. And and that's the way that then the prophetic was released and operated at a level that was for the church. And what we find, uh, if you look in Acts chapter 15 for a minute, I know we haven't got all the scriptures because there's too many to put in uh, for the time that we have. Uh, What happens in uh, in Acts chapter 15 is um, uh, the apostles and elders are together, okay, in one place. Some prophets then come down to where uh, Paul and Barnabas are already, okay, and, and let's have a look. Actually, we've got these scriptures. Acts 15, verse 30. It says that Paul and Barnabas and Judas and Silas, the four men, Paul and Barnabas, apostles, Judas and Silas, prophets. They were sent from Jerusalem, an apostolic centre, down to Antioch, another apostolic centre, Okay, and it says in verse 30, the men were sent off and went down to Antioch where they gathered the church together and delivered the letter that was written by the apostles and the elders in Jerusalem and then sent to the churches elsewhere. They delivered the letter. Verse 31, the people read it and were glad for its encouraging message. Then Judas and Silas, the two prophets, Who themselves were prophets said much to encourage and strengthen the believers. This is really, really important. When we see in the New Testament, the prophetic often, and especially when it then is released amongst the body in spiritual gifts, operates to encourage and strengthen and exhort the body, okay, to build them up in faith, to strengthen and encourage. We don't find in the New Testament loads and loads of directional prophetic words coming out all the time. The way the prophetic seems to work in the New Testament is the prophetic comes into a situation to build up, encourage and strengthen the church. It's like prophetic teaching, prophetic utterance by the prophets. But we see that they work with the with the apostles and also with the elders in a location. Okay? So that in essence is how the prophetic, the the, the, the prophets, if you like, worked in the New Testament. They they didn't just prophesy to the church everywhere, okay? What well, they did, they, they, they took the word of the Lord to different places, apostolic centers and to churches, and then they brought the word of the Lord that had been. Tested, if you like, by the apostles and the elders together with the prophets and they'd they'd shared all this stuff, wrote loads of stuff down and then they, they took it and delivered it to the people because it had been tested. Now that's one of the really, really key things in the New Testament. No matter whether somebody has a prophetic word in a small group, for example, for someone else, that word needs to be tested, okay? It needs to be, okay, I believe I've heard something from God. Write it down if you believe that God is speaking to you about giving you a word for somebody else to encourage them and bless them, all that. Write it down for them, but also submit that and say, look, I believe God gave me something for you. I want to encourage you and bless you with it. I'd like to share that with you, okay? If it's just to encourage and bless somebody, brilliant. If there's anything directional in that word that I believe God is saying, he wants you to do this or do that or do the other, we want to submit that in the right way and I would what, how we want to operate in the church here and how we do is take that to your small group leader first of all and say hey I believe I've had a word for someone I just want to share that with you and, and just we want to test that because I don't want to I don't want to share something with somebody if, if actually if some of it might not be right or it might be saying something that that's, that's might potentially lead somebody down the wrong road so anything we bring from the Lord whether it's a prophetic word like that or whether we believe that somebody in a, probably more in a sense of leadership or somebody that we recognize as a prophetic gifting in the church if somebody has a prophetic word for the church okay for our own church then somebody needs to write that down and submit that to the leadership of the church and say, hey, I believe so that we can then test it, pray through it and get a witness as to what God is saying. Now, that's wisdom. okay? Otherwise, the danger of that is everybody comes and I've got a word, I've got a word, I've got a word. The next thing, we're machine gunning everybody with prophetic words without them being tested. So even the prophets in the New Testament, none of them worked alone. Even the apostles didn't work alone. they worked in relationship as apostles and as prophets, together as team and then fivefold ministry working together okay now in essence that's a very very quick synopsis, but I want to give Jane time to share what she's going to share in a few minutes' time okay but if you want to look in 1 Corinthians 14, uh, Paul writes to the Corinthians that whole chapter is about how the prophetic needs to operate in the body and in verse <coughs> One, he says, follow the way of love. Eagerly desire spiritual gifts. So he's encouraging us, hey, eagerly desire to operate in the spiritual gifts—praying in tongues, words of knowledge, gifts of healing, uh, prophetic words. He says, in in because he said. Uh, Desire to operate in the spiritual gifts, especially the gift of prophecy. Why? Because God wants to speak and encourage and build up and strengthen. Verse 3 But everyone who prophesies speaks to men for their strengthening, encouragement, and comfort. That is the primary activity of the prophetic gift in the New Testament church in the body, okay, is to strengthen, encourage, and Comfort now, one of the dangers at this moment is the prophetic is is sometimes seen at a level when it 's you know here 's a prophet speaking the word of the Lord we sometimes treat the prophet the, uh, the prophetic like it 's fortune telling and there 's more focus on you know let 's hear the word of the Lord for this, for this, for this, for this, and one of the dangers at the moment is we have prophetic voices online saying all kinds of things, okay? Some of it is to do with America and elections and everything else, but there's other prophetic words coming out about all sorts of things. And one of the ways you you do test them is, well, do they happen or not? And there's a whole bunch of stuff that's come out in the last six months or so to do with the elections in America that people were were prophesying that Trump would get a second term he'd be in and this and that and the other. Well, one of the tests is, well, did it happen? And we know that it didn't happen. And so you have to question, okay, what was going on there? Were people actually hearing the Lord or not? Or were they hearing what they wanted to hear? Now, many of these people that were prophesying those things have actually publicly come out and apologised and said, sorry, and repented and said, Um, I I didn't prophesy what was from God, I was prophesying either what I wanted to hear or wanted to see, or because other prophets were saying certain things, I didn't necessarily have the word of the Lord, but I thought, well, I should probably prophesy that as well. Now, there's all sorts of things you can say about, about that, but there's some dangers at this time of some of what is being spoken as the word of the Lord. One of the ways in which we can test prophetic words is when is, does it happen or not? Okay, that's how they used to test them in the Old Old Testament. And if they didn't happen, the prophets were stoned. I mean, that's what took place. Now, we're not going to go around stoning anybody if if they don't get a word right, because we all hear in part and we all prophesy in part. None of us get it right all the time. We don't, it's not perfect what we get. Uh, and, and that's why it's so important that we yield ourselves to the Lord. We're in right relationship with one another in the body, right relationship with leadership, so that we're not hearing what we want to hear. Even even for me, if I get stuff, I don't just rant off about things that I, I submit that in a in a leadership context and say, hey guys, I believe God's saying this, and this is some of the direction I believe we should go in. These are some of the things I think should be speaking about on Sundays for the next few weeks or next few months. Not necessarily that I, I'm saying to these guys, if you say yes, we'll do it if you say no, we won't but what I'm saying is God guys, this is what I'm sensing this is what I'm believing this is what've been uh, you know I believe God's saying and we share it and it's interesting how people say it's interesting God's been saying this to me and that to me and he's been showing me that and there's a there's a witness of the spirit together and that's how the apostles, the prophets and elders and teachers work together in 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 the early church, both in Jerusalem and Antioch and other apostolic centers and how it worked then, okay? Now, before Jane shares, we will, Jane will get her her time, okay? Just need to finish with this. There are many voices out there and I just want to say, be very, very careful, especially at this time, to who and what you are listening to. When you listen to somebody out there, okay, you need to ask yourself several questions. The first one being, who is this person in relationship with? What who is the apostolic what are the apostolic relationships and prophetic relationships they have? What are they part of? What team are they in? What church or church movement, okay, stream or network are they part of? God does not call anybody with a prophetic voice a true prophetic ministry. Okay, to operate on their own, in their own right, not in relationship or connected with anybody. Anybody out there that's prophesying like that, do not, listen to them because they're not submitted to the Lord, first of all, let alone to to delegated authority, apostles and prophets and leadership that God has placed (laughs) for the church, okay? We need to be really wise because there's a lot of stuff out there at the moment. that is a lot of prophetic words that are based on conspiracy theories, not on the word of the Lord, okay? Now, another question you have to ask is what is the fruit of their ministry? What's the track record? What they prophesy, does it generally happen? Does it come true? Is it, you know, that is one way of testing what God is saying. OK, now, how does the prophetic work then? Uh, let's just go from from like church saying really briefly. So if you get a word, as we've already shared, and uh, because you have, We have the spiritual gifts operating in our lives. You have a word for somebody, write it down and submit that to your small group leader and have a witness together and say, yeah, let's share it with that. Yeah, go and give it to that person, encourage and whatever you're going to do, okay, in that setting. As somebody develops in hearing God, then that that gifting, somebody might have a particular prophetic gifting within the body that begins to get recognised more as, hey, God's got quite a strong prophetic gifting on that person. So therefore, when they get stuff, they might begin to get words for the church, the local church. So we say to people here, if you get that kind of thing, write it down and submit that to us as a leadership team and we'll pray and look at it and, and then... As you know, over the last year, we've shared some things that people have had, whether prophetic words or dreams or visions of people within the body from different congregations that we know have got a stronger prophetic gifting, and God seems to be using them and developing that in their life. Okay? So, as anybody with a prophetic gifting, needs to grow and develop through the church like that within a church network then so not just within a local church within a church network there might then be people that are recognized with a prophetic gifting that God is developing to bring prophetic input to a network of churches a stream of churches okay and, and there are one, there's several people within Kingdom Faith Network that are like that, that seem to have stronger prophetic giftings and things like that that come and, and share stuff uh, about Kingdom Faith or, or, or to the wider, not just us here locally, but to the wider kind of network. And I know other apostolic networks operate like that and, and have... Apostles and prophets and teams of people that work together that submit and share the word of the Lord and then they know yeah let's share that with the network with the apostolic stream that we are okay because God gives authority to work within certain realms okay so I, I, there, there, God doesn't raise up somebody to be a prophet to the nation in, in the sense that they're just a lone guy, the, uh, the voice to the nation. There are, there, there are prophetic voices within streams and within networks of churches that God raises up within those things and are recognized in relationship and they work as team ministry with particular giftings mm-hmm. operating together. Now, there might be, as there are apostles, okay, that are recognized within their own sphere, okay, uh, there might be some apostles that are recognized, actually, that person is an apostle to the church in the nation, okay, but, but it's done in relationship with other apostles, okay, and it's done because they're an apostolic leader mm-hmm. over a network of, of, of churches and, and, and what they're, they're doing. But also the same works with the prophetic, that the, there can be people with prophetic voices that are then not only recognised in their stream, but are then recognised by apostolic leaders and prophetic leaders together in a nation saying, hey, that God obviously is, is now raising that person up to be a voice to the church in the nation. But it's done in relationship and it's done where those people then still submit their words to the leaders, leaders at that level on a national level. Okay? Now, it's really, really important. Because even in our own nation, there are prophetic voices speaking out off the cuff online, on YouTube, on their own channels, coming out with all sorts of stuff about this is what God's saying to the church in the nation. This is what he's saying about this, about that and the other. And my question is, Okay, great. But who have you submitted that to? Who have you had conversations with on an apostolic and prophetic level that are in relationship with one another that would recognise that and say, yeah, we've tested that and we believe that. And then what is the right way then to bring that word to the church in the nation? So we need to, we've got to be so, so careful because there's a lot of deception around at the moment. And we've seen that because there's even a lot of prophets that even though they've got things, obviously wrong, they are not repenting. They're even rebuking the church now for not believing what they've been bringing. And it's like, well, hang on, those things didn't happen. Uh, So hang on a minute, you you got it wrong. You didn't hear the Lord, you were hearing something else. And it's not that people have a go, but it's like, hey guys, we've got to, there's got to be some humility here. and There's got to be some fear of the Lord and there's got to be some reverence that goes on. So whatever we bring, whether it's a word for somebody in our small group or somebody else that we know, through to somebody who is operating more on a level in, a, in an apostolic network. Okay, bringing words of that. We must have a reverence and a fear of the Lord and operate in that way. Okay.
1: Wow. <laughs> it's um, everything you've just said is just so is so important. Um, uh, I. I um, was spending some time with the Lord the other day, and I actually wasn't thinking about all this stuff. But um, I was—I just suddenly felt like the heart of the Father towards the Church at the moment. I'm not going to do this without crying. And His His heart was for each one of us. Yeah. Was so um, so deep. His love is so deep for us. But it was like a concern, a genuine concern for the body at the moment, and um, I didn't feel it for me, I felt it for other people, I felt it for you, I felt it for my neighbours, and um, I'd watched the video previous, the previous Sunday that we showed here with the sheep, who um, didn't respond to the, the different voices, but as soon as their shepherd appeared, and... Um, and started calling them. The moment they looked up and started running towards Jesus, I just started crying. I was so daft. I don't know if anybody else did. But I just started crying because that's the heart of the Father that, and the heart of Jesus and the Holy Spirit in each one of us. And we hear his voice and we come running. And that every other voice at the moment that isn't of his um, we wouldn't be listening to because what it's doing is bringing confusion and it's bringing distraction it's bringing division in the church worldwide, you can just see it and hear it and it's bringing hurt and it's bringing pain um, and the heart of the Father is so deep for for his people, for you yeah. and for me I just had this overwhelming sense of his heart and um, like I said Jesus And it's just um, appropriate, I think, for today, because he's jealous for us. He's jealous for our love. He's jealous for our attention. He's jealous for our time. He's jealous for our passion, if you like. Thank you. Someone's dropped me tissues. (laughs) Um, Yeah, the Father's passionate for us and he knows we want to hear his voice. And it comes in relationship. Knowing his voice, knowing his heart comes in relationship. And I've been in this chapter, um, <clears throat> chapter Genesis chapter 18, for a few months. And um, it's something that I, I, j- the Lord just keeps bringing me back to. And um, we're going to have a look through it. I'm not going to read the whole chapter because um, I'll just give you a quick overview. But basically, Genesis 18... God appears to Abraham, okay, and um, he basically uh, Abraham sees him. He he um, embraces him. He they have this conversation, and um, and in that conversation, God just brings promises into Abraham's life. Um, he wants to encourage him. They spend time together. They actually spend, I think, most of the day together. Um, but also God wants to come and bring, share his heart with Abraham, his heart and his passion for um, for a city that is in sin and um, is about to come under judgment. And I want us to look through. We're not going to read the whole chapter um, because of time, but um, you can read it yourself. Just take time in it. Um, uh, yourself. It's an amazing chapter. And the thing is, this is from the Old Testament, but it's the same in the New Testament. It's about relationship. It's about friendship with him. It's about God sharing his heart with us. And when we were um, praying into um, this, do it, like going through this chapter, we really just sensed that as I take you through the different points, the Father wants to minister to you today. Yeah. He wants to minister his heart to you. So we're going to go through it in a way, well, hopefully that you'll meet with the Lord and you'll hear him because that's his, that's his intention. That's his heart for you. So in Genesis uh, chapter 18, verse 1, he says, Now the Lord appeared to Abraham by the trees of Mamre while he was sitting at the tent door in the heat of the day. And when I was reading it, the Lord was saying, do you know what, I just want to come to you right now and to your home. Just be with you. I just want to be with you. In the heat of the day, in this intense time, I see you. In this intense time, mm. I want to come and meet with you. Yeah. He comes into your home, He comes into your circumstances to speak with you, to meet with you. The, f- the desire of the Father is that you encounter Him. We don't have to meet here to do that. He comes right into your home, into your lounge, to your bedroom, to your circumstances right now. Mm. He wants encounter you. He wants to speak with you. He wants to commune with you. He wants you to look up and see Him. He wants you to look above everything else that's going on, the circumstances, whatever they are, and they're different for every single one of us. And He wants you to hear His voice above the noise. So expect Him. He lives in you by the power of the Holy Spirit, Mm. but he still wants to walk right into your home, into your room and meet with you. And you encounter his deep love for you at this time. It says in verse 2, he raised his eyes and looked up behold three men were standing from him when he saw them he ran from the tent door to meet them and bowed down with his face to the ground abraham just ran he just threw his all at the feet of the lord and this is this is part of this time that we're in that we he is our sole fo- focus. He is our. We give him our love. We give him our attention. We bow ourselves before him and surrender to him. And I, the Father, just wants that. Do you know, we're surrendering to His love. It's not a painful thing to surrender to someone who loves you, knows you more than, better than you know yourself. That we worship Him that we attend to him. If you read what Abraham did, he went and killed a calf. He got Sarah to make bread. They had this huge barbecue outside. They were there for hours. This took time. He ministered to God. He ministered to God. He worshipped him. He loved him. He adored him. He acknowledged him as Lord. And he, Abraham says to God, this is amazing, he says, let me refresh you and sustain you. That is why you have come to your servant. I mean, that's amazing that we refresh God. He comes to us because he wants to hang out with us. He comes to us because he wants to minister to us. But at the same time, when we worship him, when we spend time adoring him, we are ministering to him. We are refreshing Him, that's amazing, (laughs) amazing. amazing that we refresh Him and we sustain Him, we take time with Him, so, so important in these days to take time in His presence, surrender, bow low, everything in our lives, that He is the most important thing to us at this time and Abraham said my Lord in verse 3 or maybe not verse 3 but yeah it's verse 3 actually point 3 my Lord if I found favour in your sight please do not pass by that's amazing do you know we have favour in God's sight Mm, it's it's written (laughs) it's written okay like Jesus said many times it is written we have favour in God's sight He does not pass you by. And if there's one thing he wants you to know today, he does not pass you by. He has not forgotten you. He knows your circumstances. You have his favor. We have his favor. He does not pass us by and you are not forgotten. He comes to comfort. And He comes to speak His Word into our lives, His promises into our lives. This is why it's so important that we read the Word. For me, a prophetic word includes the Word of God. Otherwise, it can be from here, there and everywhere. But when it includes the Word of God, you know it's God speaking. Mm. And He comes with His Word. That's why it's been so important in this season to spend time in his word. And through January, just reading uh, Pastor Collins' uh, devotional devotional on love. His deep love for us. Uh, And if you haven't done it yet, I encourage you to do so because it's really powerful. His perfect love casts out all fear. He does not pass us by. And then God starts to speak to him, okay? So they've had this, they've been spending time, hang out with each other, and God says to him, I will return to you, surely I will return to you this time next year. And behold, Sarah, your wife, will have a son. Now, Abraham and Sarah were old, well advanced in years. She was past the age of childbearing. Um, So Sarah laughed to herself, okay, when she heard the Lord say this. And God says this in verse 14, Is anything too difficult or too wonderful for the Lord? And you know this is so important. God was speaking promises to him. God speaks promises over our lives. And maybe we're we're at a point where we're, do you know what? I've heard that so many times you just become cynical or you laugh. You don't believe that God will or can or wants to. And God says, is anything too difficult or too wonderful that he wouldn't do it for you? Mm. There is nothing too difficult for God. He was going to do the impossible. He was going to do a miracle for Abraham and Sarah. And right now, you may need a miracle. You may need a miracle in your finances, in your body, in your emotions, in your mind, in your heart, in your circumstances, in your relationships, in your workplace. You may need a miracle. And I just speak over you that nothing is too difficult for him and nothing is too wonderful for him not to do for you. He will because he is faithful and he is truth and he is love. So what he has spoken, hold on to. And if you've laughed, you've become cynical, just ask him to forgive you and just again just lift up your voice say Father forgive me for being cynical for not believing for laughing to to looking at the circumstances Lord Jesus come now come do a miracle in my my life in my body in my circumstances Lord pour out your love do the impossible Lord because that is who you are you are the God of impossible and nothing is too difficult for you and nothing is too wonderful for you that you wouldn't do for me your child because you love me. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus.
0: Yeah.
1: He speaks into our impossibilities. He speaks into our barrenness. He speaks into our doubts and our fears and he brings promises and he speaks life. Yeah. Life in all its fullness. Thank
0: you, Lord. Yeah.
1: He speaks increase and I just speak over you today, increase, because the word says in Isaiah 9, the increase of His government, that's His rule and His reign and His peace. There will be no end. Yeah. There will be no end. You, it's Lord. the passionate commitment and zeal of the Lord that incre- He increases in your life. His rule and reign and His peace. Thank you, Lord. If you need peace today, just receive His peace. His shalom, His com- He makes you complete and He makes you whole. Thank you Jesus. Thank you Jesus. You know what I love about this chapter is the Lord was on His way to this city of sin and wickedness to actually bring judgment on it. But uh, His people He brought promises. He brought love. He brought life. He brought a miracle in motion. There can be sin and death and destruction going all around us, going on all around you. You may be working in the midst of it. You may live in the midst of it. But in the midst of it, the Lord speaks to you right now. His passionate commitment to you and His mercy to you because you know him and you're in a relationship with him. He brings love. He brings stability. He brings peace. He brings himself to yeah. us yeah. in the midst of everything else going on around us. Yeah. And that is his heart for us, his people. Amazing. Amazing. And then the story goes on. After he's promised Abraham that he's going to come to him, uh, that he's going to bless him with a child, a nation is going to come from him. Um, uh, God goes on to say in verse um, 17, the Lord says, shall I hide from Abraham, my friend and my servant, what I'm going to do? Since Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation, and the nations of the earth shall shall be blessed through him. For I have known, chosen, acknowledged him as my own. He would teach his children to keep my ways, to live justly and righteously. We are God's friend. You are God's friend. Okay. And Jesus said, I no longer call you servants. I call you my friends. Just believe and receive today that you are God's friend. You are chosen. You are His. You are known by Him. He's not going to pass you by. There's things on His heart He wants to share with you. Yeah. There are things in his heart he wants to, his plans and his purposes, his burden. He wants to share with his people who would carry that with him. So he wants us to listen to him. He wants us to say, do you know what, Lord? I'm your friend. I believe you're, you're for me. And I want to hear your voice to me. I want to believe it. I want to hear your voice to the people around me. and speak it. I want to hear your voice and your burden for the nation and carry it. And that was the heart of Abraham. Mm. They had this relationship going on and dialogue going on to the point where God could share his intimate plans with his friend. And that's what he has for each one of us. And it says in verse 23, Abraham came close to the Lord. This is so, so key. Abraham came close to the Lord. You know, for God to share his intimate plans and purposes, we come close. Yeah. And it takes time. Yeah. And it takes time with him. Not just here, there and everywhere or listening to this, that and the other uh, or time, you know, necessarily on, on social media. What's God saying? No, you and him. Get close to each other. Take time in worship. Take time ministering. Take time loving and receiving love. Come close to the Lord and He will reveal Himself. He will speak His intimacy. And then what happens with these two uh, in this conversation is God is saying, I am going down to this city. I'm going to see if it's as bad as the sound of the sin that is coming up to me. And if it is, I'm going to judge it and Abraham boldly starts to call out God's mercy because he knew it. And we have received the mercy and the love of God. So we know we can come to God and say, Lord, have mercy, have mercy on my family members that don't know you. Have mercy on people that have walked away from you. Have mercy on my neighbors. Have mercy on my friends that don't know you. Have mercy on my city. Have mercy on my nation because I know the merciful love of God. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. And that's what God wants. Is that Jesus' heart is that none should perish. That's his heart. And he wants us to carry his heart for people that none should perish. We partner with him because we are deeply loved. So we take his love to others. We are the called out ones. And in this dialogue, Abraham whittles God down to, you know, okay, if there's 50 righteous people in that city, I know you won't wipe them out because of those people that you love. And he whittles down to just 10 If there's ten or if there's five in that city, I think it goes down to ten. If there's five there, Lord, you won't wipe them out because they're your righteous people are in the midst and you love your people. So we can shift the heart of God through our prayer and our intercession and we are called to do this. What's amazing is we are in days where there is shaking, where sin is being called out, is being exposed, it's, um, mm. there is darkness, much darkness and a lot is going on in these days and will continue to go on in these days but in the midst of it our Father, He wants to come close mm. so that we are stable that we know we are loved. Our roots go deep in His amazing love in Ephesians 3. And go and read that. Our roots go deep in in His amazing love that we stand. We stand before the Lord, not in fear, but in confidence. Mm. And we can pray and see His heart and His plans and His purposes worked out. We have freely received so we can freely give. We can be kind and generous with our love, even in restrictions. We can be, there are ways, God makes ways where we can be kind and generous to to those that need His kindness and His generosity. And He's lavished His love on us and we can lavish His love on others when we carry His heart and we're not in fear of anything else. And in the shakings and in the darkness, we don't need to be in fear. We just carry his light and his love. So Father, I thank you. I thank you today for everything that you are doing in our midst. We thank you, Lord. You've promised increase over our lives when others around us may be decreasing, the sin may be increasing, but Lord, your light and love in our lives increases, it increases, Lord, because that is your passionate commitment to us. Your kingdom life in us increases and goes out to those that need you, Lord Jesus, in this time. They need you, Lord Jesus, in this time. Those people may be dropping around us for one reason or another. There's sin, there's death, and there's destruction. But in the midst of it, Lord, we stand in your love. We stand rooted in you. We stand boldly in your mercy, Lord Jesus. You do not pass us by you come with your voice
0: yeah, thank you.
1: Lord. and you speak to your friends. And thank you, Lord, that as we minister to you, you minister to us Yeah. and we can minister to those that need your mercy today, tomorrow, this week, next month, next year. Thank you, Jesus.
0: Mm, thank you, thank you, you Father. Lord. Yeah, thank you, Lord. Thank
1: you, Jesus.
0: Let's just take a couple of moments as well, just in the midst of all the different voices that are out there, to... uh, Maybe there's some things you've been looking at on YouTube and online, hearing all kinds of stuff, particularly to do with all these prophetic voices that are out there prophesying all sorts of things that that haven't actually happened. Uh, The opposite's happened, and there's a lot of contention out there and a lot of it is connected with conspiracy stuff and all of that, and I want to encourage you, if you've been feeding on that stuff, I want to encourage you to, to stop feeding on all of that, okay? And and actually stop listening to voices that are not submitted to anybody, and are even quite angry now that they are not being listened to, even though what they were saying is not right. It, it hasn't happened. The opposite has happened, and, and, and there's a bit of confusion out there because sometimes we confuse, spiritually, um, our understanding of things, okay? And, and what some of these people have done is, is spiritually, we want something to happen, and people have been prophesying something to happen, connected with spiritually what we've been happening, looking to maybe a person like Trump, for example, to be that political messiah in that sense and, and all of those kind of things. And, and that sort of stuff, we, we, you need to park that in your life, right? And, and you need to actually come back and say, Father, I wanna, I wanna relocate to your voice in my life mm-hmm. and not look for all this spiritual gossip, if I can put it like that, online, okay? Because you, you, that's how we get deceived mm-hmm. and that's how division comes in the body. And partly as leadership here, not just Jane and I, but I know as a leadership team, we've been talking and proud about some of this stuff and, and we have a responsibility, guys, to make sure that we collectively stay on track that if we see some error that is in the body that people are listening to, whether within the body or outside of it, we can say, hey guys, hang on, just take a moment, okay, and test all this stuff, look at it, and be discerning, as we said last week, God, I want a heart of discernment so that I I, I know what is right and wrong at, at these times. When, when there's a true prophetic word, it points you back to God, and, and into a deeper relationship with God, it points you to the Word and to get into the Word. Okay, it doesn't point you towards all kinds of people doing this, that, and the other. It points you back to a trust and relationship mm. with God. Okay, so Father, we just want to humble ourselves in a fresh way. Father, where any of us have been looking at stuff, watching stuff that is that hasn't been of you, and it's actually potentially causing division. Uh, Father, forgive us for filling ourselves with spiritual gossip, and we've even then per, per, uh, exaggerated that and talked about that to others, and it's caused angst between people. If you've if you've fallen out with somebody because you've had a, a conversation where you're on different, you, you need to you need to get that right. Okay, you need because that is that's what the enemy wants to cause division. And when God, when there's a true word from God, it doesn't bring division between believers like that. Uh, in a body, it actually unites and strengthens because that's what prophecy does. Encourage it builds up and strengthens. So Father, where we've been listening to any of that stuff, forgive us, where we've even then been a trumpet for that, forgive us, Father, and just let go of all of that and relocate Mm. back to the voice of the Lord in your own life. So Father, we just thank you for that heart of discernment in the midst of everything going on, to know what is of you and what isn't of you, what is right and what is wrong. Mm. So Father, we thank you for that wisdom and that discernment and that sensitivity. And as we respond to the word that Jane brought, to to press in with you, to spend time with you, that we would hear your voice louder than every other voice in our lives. So mm. Father, we exalt you Jesus. and we praise your wonderful yeah. holy name. Amen, amen. 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 Now, last week we said that we were getting some information together in the process of that to do with all the vaccines. Uh, Elizabeth Allen, who I spoke about last week, was on the staff team, who's a, a doctor. Uh, PhD in the biological sciences. She's been doing more research as well this last week and even more stuff she's found out from from people she knows who are working in this world as well and other things. So that stuff's being finalised this week and we'll get it out to you later in the week, okay, Uh, this week because there's some other things that have come to light in the last couple of weeks that just hone down even more what we want to give to you that just helps to answer some of the questions that are out there okay so uh if you've been offered the vaccines at the moment and especially if you're an older age group because they're generally where the vaccines are going at the moment just want to encourage you have a pray but be at peace okay Uh, the vaccine themselves is not gonna do some damage in your life okay it's not going to connect you with the FBI somewhere or anybody else, okay? Uh, you can you can have a vaccine knowing that it's being developed for your health and your well-being, okay? You still need to pray and you make this. I'm not telling you to do that, okay? Because I can't, but but just it, they're okay, okay? If you are wondering, um, but um, so just um, we'll, we'll get that info by the end of the week, okay? So bless you, loads. Have a brilliant week, and uh, JD is going to be coming back in a minute. So have a quick look at this video.